everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Today I'm beginning a seminar on a very controversial subject. I'm talking about lust. I've called it leaving Las Vegas. I'll never forget the first time I went to Las Vegas. To be frank with you, I was blown away by the signage because no one does signage like they do in Las Vegas. And for those of you who've been to Las Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, Vegas does not have very much to say, but they know how to say it. Yet the church, we have everything to say, yet so often we don't know how to say it. Now, when it comes to this place called Lust Vegas, because believe me, Lust Vegas is a place we can go mentally, emotionally, or physically. When it comes to Lust Vegas, our culture, man, they, they know how to advertise it. They know how to say it. Strangely, though, the church, are you ready for this? The body of Christ has been strangely silent over this issue. It's fascinating to study church history, to think about the landscape of North America and also our world. A lot of people just don't talk about lust. Have you ever wondered why? Well, I think there's several reasons. Number one, a lot of masculine men have been tentative to go to church because they feel like the church is a feminine. I've talked to a number of masculine men over the years and they've said, you know, The church is led by effeminate leaders. It's pretty much a place for women, children, and weak guys. So they've concluded to themselves, you know what? The church is irrelevant. The church is not real and raw. I'm going to do something else. That's one of the reasons why the church has failed to talk about lust, because it's packed with women and children and weak men, and so often weak men lead these churches. Another reason why the church has been afraid to talk about lust is because it's very controversial. You're wading into barracuda-infested waters. People do the pushback. You might, you might get some flack, some fallout. But around here, we want to be very open and honest, very frank about what God was so open and honest and frank to create and to talk about. We talk openly and honestly about sex and sexuality. In fact, the first phrase ever uttered about you or me was a sexual phrase. It's a boy, it's a girl. So we love to face controversy and we just simply say what God says about it. So if you've got a problem with it, you know, you've got a problem with God. Another reason I feel that many pastors are afraid to tackle this issue is because they themselves are enslaved to lust and they themselves might have unfulfilling sex with their spouses. Have you ever thought about that? So because of those things, they think, you know what, I'm just not gonna talk about sex, sexuality, or lust. Especially, I'm not gonna talk about leaving lust Vegas. Also, the church, stay with me now, has allowed secular 
psychologists and behavioral experts and counselors to take sex from the theologians, from the pastors, and we've allowed them to, to pirate sex. Now, whenever you talk to anybody from a secular mindset, an evolutionary mindset, they simply say that we're educated animals. And we've animalized humans and humanized animals. The secular world basically has that mentality. Now, of course, we know that the Bible says that we're made in the image of God. We're different than animals. We're not animals. We're not dogs in heat, salmon who are about to spawn, or deers in a rut. No, no, no. We're not that. We're human beings with the freedom of choice. But we've allowed these people to hijack sex, and now and then the church has said, hey, don't lust. While the world is saying, hey, do it with whomever, whenever, and however. I'm glad, though, that many churches are changing in this realm. I'm glad as I travel around the world to see so many churches talking open and honestly about sex and sexuality. I'm so glad that so many churches are bold enough to wade into these barracuda-infested waters and say, okay, here is the deal, because, you can write this down, the way we deal with desire determines our destiny. And our destiny determines the way we deal with desire. When I say sex, you think about certain things. Let me, let me do a little cheer that'll make you very uncomfortable. Are you ready to get uncomfortable? Okay. I'm going to say sex, and you say God. One and a two and a three. I say sex, you say God. sex, God. sex. God. Now, a lot of you, you're acting like, you know, you're not uncomfortable, but you are. Some of you are like, wow, that's so sacrilegious. Where are the exits here? I'm ready to leave. Whoa, 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 whoa. God is the author of sex. He's the one that thought it up. And what's so sad is, again, because we've allowed the, the, the secular world to hijack sex and sexuality, we've not talked about it like God has talked about it. So that's simply what we want to do. We're not doing anything new or cool or hip or innovative. We're simply telling you, here is what the Bible says about sex and sexuality. When I say lust, this is very important, I'm not talking about desire. When I say lust, I am not talking about desire. When the scriptures talk about lust, the scriptures are not talking about desire. Desire is given to us from God himself. We have a desire to live, a desire to eat and drink, a desire to relate, a desire for sex. God gave us sex before the fall of man, before sin entered the human equation. Lust happens, the trigger point of lust occurs when an attraction turns into an illicit sexual action that's mental, physical, or emotional. The way I've written about it and the way I've discussed it over the years is, and here's an easy way to remember it, lust occurs when a God-given desire has gone haywire. 
Lust occurs when this desire is downgraded into depravity, when we see people as objects who just have a bunch of parts. That's, that's where lust comes in. A lot of people are saying, well, you know what? I can't help myself, man. Lust is a must. I just, I just can't withstand the pressure and the pull. I've just, I've just got to lust. Listen to me very carefully. Whenever we talk about lust, I'm talking about us. I can't say it's about you, and you can't say it's about me. Lust is about us. It's about everybody. It's something that we deal with. But here is the good news about this topic. Here's the good news about this place called Lust Vegas. And believe me, it's a place. We can leave Lust Vegas. When we leave this destination, when we leave this geographical location, mentally, physically, or emotionally, our great God can and will and wants to replace that with something that is totally and completely amazing. And throughout this series, not only am I gonna to talk to you about lust, sexual lust, when a God-given desire has gone haywire, I'm also gonna to talk to you about what is on the other side of lust. What happens when we leave lust Vegas? Because simply put, sexual sin is an on-ramp to death. There is no sin like sexual sin. Yes, I understand sin is sin, right. However, sexual sin is on a whole nother level. Why can I say that? I can say that because of research. I can say that because reading about it throughout scriptures. I can say that because of all of the conversations and all of the counseling I've done for all of my life. Sex is multifaceted and multidimensional. We cannot park our, our brains or our hearts or our emotions or our spirituality outside the bedroom door of a hotel or our mind and engage in lust without it leading to destruction. So I know that many of you, I know many of you in a crowd this size are on this on-ramp to sexual sin and you're cruising down this on-ramp and it's getting deeper and darker and more diabolical and more destructive. But the great news is you can put the blinker on by the power of the Holy Spirit himself and you can exit. You can make a U-turn and go the way that God wants you to go. Lust, leaving lust Vegas. That's what we're talking about. Leaving Las Vegas and allowing the Lord to lead us into greatness. Are you going right now toward Las Vegas? Are you spending time in Las Vegas? Or are you under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Do you trust God enough with your sexuality, with all of your desires, to put the cards on the table, to roll the dice and say, God, you know what? I've tried to do it my way, down my freeway. 
I'm ready to do a U-turn and go your way. Are you ready to do that? That's why this series is gonna be very, very difficult for all of you to attend. Already we've had a power outage here at Fellowship Church. Just hours before we kicked this whole series off and I knew that we would have wacky and wild stuff like that because we are taking hell by the square foot here at this church. So this series will not be easy for you to attend. I can tell you right now, the enemy himself does not want you to hear this information and he's gonna give you every excuse imaginable not to show up here for this seminar over the next several weeks or if you're watching by television, over the next several television shows. You can have games come up and fun fixes and trips and this and that, commit to say, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm gonna be here engaged, ready to go. Because I believe this topic robs more people of more stuff than almost anything I know. It definitely keeps the men in the house tyrannized and paralyzed from becoming the kind of people that God wants you to become. And speaking of men, men, we, we basically have two issues that keep us from really being leaders and warriors like God wants us to be. You might wanna write these down. They're, they're, they're two, they're two barriers. Money and honey. Money and honey. Now when we get a read on money and honey, when we put those things under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then we will understand the divine desire and we can see how this desire, because now it's God's desire through us, will give us a phenomenal destiny. If we don't, we will never, ever, ever go to the level that God wants us to live on. And I understand about lust, people say, yeah, women lust and blah, 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 and women log on to porn. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I, I understand what you're saying. But the bottom line is, guys, we have failed in this realm. We have not really become the kind of masculine men that God wants us to become. And sadly, too many of us, are you ready for this? Too many of us live vicariously through the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Dolphins or through Chuck Liddell or Rampage Jackson or Kimbo Slice or maybe you watch some kind of movie like 300, we live vicariously through these individuals or these teams when we're missing the main battle. Here guys will get into all that stuff and then when it comes to lust they'll go, well man, I just can't help myself. I just gotta lust. How pathetic, guys, is that? How effeminate is that? How weak is that? You're telling me the NFL is where it's at? Guys, you're telling me the octagon is where the battle is at? Come on, man. The battle is right here. The battle is in life. The battle is on the lust field. And once you allow God to get control of this in your life, you'll go to another level. But see, the devil knows when you go to another level, it's gonna kick him and mess him around and totally screw him up and his plan up for your life. So he's gonna keep you 
down. He's going to keep you all hooked up and jacked up in money and in honey, and you'll waste your life struggling with these things as opposed to living in victory. Because you know what? We're victors, not victims. Now, that's easy to say. That's, that's very simple to say. And I've heard people say that. I've heard pastors say that. Yeah, we're victors, not victims. And they're right. But so often I go, okay, so I'm a victor. Tell me about the battle. Because we're in a battle. And the battlefield is where? It's the mind. We think that lust is out there. Oh, lust is out there at the kennel club. I mean, I mean, gentlemen's clubs. Lust is out there. Some of you will get that later. Lust is out there by the swimming pool at the resort. Lust is, is out there online. Lust is out there in the magazines. Lust is out there on my, on my iPhone. That's where, that's where lust is. No, 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 brother. You got it all wrong, man. Lust is in you. It's not out there. It's in you. What? I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Hey, guys. Hey, warriors. I'm, I'm looking for some people to stand up and say, you know what? It's great. I enjoy watching NFL and I enjoy ultimate fighting and I enjoy a movie like 300 or whatever. But you know what? The, the, the faith fight is where it's at. That's where we need warriors. That's where we need men to be men. And the reason so many women are hooked into porn is because men, we've led them there and we've not been men. Mark chapter seven, verses 21 and 23. Here's what Jesus said, pretty important words. For from within, I didn't say it. Don't be looking at me. See, lust is not out there, it's in there. Jesus said, from within. Out of a man's what? Heart, mind, souls, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, wow. Envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. Whoa. Look at Matthew 5, verses 27 and 28. In the Old Testament, we have the Ten Commandments. You've heard of those. One of the Ten Commandments goes, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Does anyone understand that? Let me explain that. It means that sex is for the marriage bed. It means that you don't sleep in the wrong bed. If you sleep in the wrong bed, you're committing adultery. We've decaffeinated adultery. We call it having an affair. Or instead of fornication, we say friends with benefits. Instead of homosexuality, it's an alternative lifestyle. No, 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 let's, let's just call sin what it is, okay? <laughs> and, 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 here's, and here's what Jesus said about adultery. Jesus took adultery here to an H&L, a holy, another level. Because in the Old Testament, you could kind of get away with some lust because all it says here, you know, we go by the black and white, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me, the Bible. In the Old Testament, you know, just, 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 just don't sleep in the wrong bed and you're cool. Now you can look and lust and lust and look and that's fine. But ooh, look what Jesus said in the New Testament. Ouch. Man, this hurts all of us. Guys, this one will get up in your grill. Ouch. 
Jesus, again, I'm, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. If you have a problem, you don't have a problem with me, you got a problem with Jesus. Here's what he said. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm down with that. I'll just have sex with my wife, but you know, I can, I can look at the menu. I don't have to order, but I can look at the menu, right? Yeah, I, I, I like that, Jesus, thank you. But it continues. It's gonna get quiet. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully anyone who looks at a woman lustfully anyone who looks at a what wow lustfully we probably had this going on in the lobby before services has already committed adultery with her in his heart. How many people in here have looked lustfully at a member of the opposite sex and committed adultery? Oh, come on, what are you doing with your hands down? Don't be lying to me. So we were like. <laughs> I know, you're, you're sitting by your spouse. You don't wanna leave with broken ribs. Man, my ribs are broken, man. I see those elbows all the time. Don't think I don't see those. We're all sinners. It comes from within. It comes from within. Now, you might be going, well, Ed, what about the culture? What about the ever-changing culture? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lust is out there in the culture, but what is the culture? What's culture? Culture is simply an outward reflection of the inward condition of our heart. So when we talk about lust, it's a issue of the mind, an issue of the mind. Lust is about us. It's about the man, it's about the woman, it's about the junior high student, it's about the high school student, it's about the college student, it's about the single adult. Whether you're 15 or 75, lust is about us. So let's talk about it and get freed up about it because lust loses a lot of its luster when we drag it out into the light. Because too many of us are living secret lives and we think we're the only ones who struggle with it. We think it's a secretive thing. We think we're doing it in a clandestine fashion. Because remember, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens here stays here. That is a brilliant line. Where did Las Vegas think that up? They probably paid some advertising exec a squillion dollars for that one. But the guy is a plagiarist. He plagiarized the devil's MO. That guy needs to be sued for plagiarism. Do we have any lawyers in the house? Track it down because the guy who made up what happens here stays here plagiarized scripture. The devil's been saying that for thousands of years. What happens in the hotel room stays in the hotel room. What happens between two consenting adults stays between to consenting adults. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. What happens online stays online. What happens in the mind stays in the mind. 
brilliant strategy. Obviously, the strategy is working. What happens in the mind stays in the mind. That sounds good. But it doesn't work because the way I think determines the way I feel, and the way I feel determines the way I act. If I think wrong, I'm going to feel wrong, then I'm going to act wrong. Conversely, if I think right, I'm going to feel right, and I'm going to act right. So that's totally, that's totally jacked up. Whatever happens here, the enemy whispers to us, stays here. Lust. It's about us. Lust also, have you noticed this? Lust has gone prime time. Am I the only one who's seen this? I mean, lust is prime time. Back in the day, you had to look for it. Now it will look for you. <laughs> you check into a hotel room, it's easier to see a bunch of naked bodies having sex than it is to go down the hall and get a bucket of ice. <laughs> it's gone from what, 50 years ago, Playboy magazine and the brown wrapper underneath the counter at some convenience store to now, a normal red-blooded junior high guy is going to have at least one nude photograph of his girlfriend on his cell phone. And some of the parents are like, oh, what? Parents, wake up and smell the espresso. I just had some. Parents, get your heads out of the sands of denial. Because too many here are living in denial. And I'm not talking about on the river. How has lust gone prime time? Now, this is going to be kind of weird. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. Because this tells us how lust has gone prime time. You think, that's an old book. It is an old book. Genesis, the beginnings of time. And just to give you the cliff notes of, of the book of Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve had the perfect environment. They were created in the image of God. They sinned. They kicked God out of the oval office of their lives and they sat in that nice leather chair and they did what they wanted to do. Sex had been given to them before sin ever entered the human equation. Sex primarily is for enjoyment, secondarily for procreation. After sin, suddenly Adam and Eve were confused over their nakedness. They were confused over their sexuality. Read the book of Genesis because you pretty much have every sexual sin imaginable going on after the fall of man. And from that point on, it's been a sexual freefall into the abyss of rebellion. Satan does not work overtly. He works covertly. He, he inches us. It's, it's gradualism from the, the playboy in the brown paper wrapper under the counter at the convenience store now to, to watching people have sex on your iPhone. How did that happen? What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Abraham and Lot happened. Abraham and Lot, multi-billionaires, they were traveling together. Abraham was Lot's uncle. Lot, of course, was Abraham's nephew. To give you just a short story, 
they parted ways because their, their, their corporation was so huge. They split the assets up and Abraham, you know, Father Abraham, man of faith, <laughs> Abraham gave Lot first choice. Lot, you can either go this way or that way. Lot looks at the kind of ugly land, you know, doesn't look that great. Kind of like West Texas. No, I'm kidding, West Texas is beautiful. Kind of like Central Florida. No, I'm kidding, I love Central Florida too, but you know, kind of some ugly land, you know, ugly land. And, and Lot looked that way, he's like, man, I don't wanna go there, he's thinking to himself. So he looked at some other land, some beautiful land, and he saw in the distance the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah, wickedness on steroids, man, the places were crazy. So, so the Bible says that Lot chose the beautiful area on the outskirts of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, so, so now we see Satan's strategy. It's right here in Genesis 13, verse 12. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Oh, that is unbelievable. What are you doing, Lot? Lot, I'll say it again, pitched his tents toward Sodom. And as you keep reading, one day you'll find that Lot and his family were living in Sodom, and then we see that Sodom is living in them. I'll I'll, I'll just get near Sodom. I'll just kind of hang out on the outskirts. I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of be right there on the edge and the ledge. Gradualism. Inch by inch, little by little, Lot moved into Sodom and Sodom moved into Lot. That's why we're in the condition that we're in today. We're on the freeway of sexual sin. It gets deeper and darker and more diabolical. Proverbs 27, 20. Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are the eyes of man. You lust, you look at porn, and porn is simply lust, lust is porn. You scream for more and more and more. My boy Mick Jagger back in the 60s was a prophet. I can't get no satisfaction. Isn't that hilarious? Someone better sue Mick Jagger. He's plagiarizing scripture too. And then Steve Hirsch, CEO of Vivid Entertainment, the largest adult film company in the world. In fact, the porn star that I talked to several weeks ago, right here at Fellowship Church, is one of the stars in this company. And while we were talking to one another, on the lights that were used in this interview, I saw on the side, Vivid. Vivid Entertainment. Okay, here's what Steve Hirsch, the man in charge, is saying about porn. He says, quote, not only does hardcore pornography not shock people today, but I think they want more, harder and harder and harder and harder. He's a prophet. 
It always screams for more and more and more. It, it overpromises and under delivers. And in our freedom to have this sexual liberation, because the word um, revolution or liberation is a change for better, in our freedom, we move into enslavement. It's, 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 it's ironic. The devil goes, hey, what happens here stays here. And we go for it. We move in to Las Vegas. And then in our search for the sexual hit and, and the thrills and the chills of this and that, we find ourselves incarcerated by sexual sin, by lust. Again, we're in a battle. We're warriors. And whenever you fight a battle, what happens? You, you dominate, because remember, we're fighting not for victory, from victory. You dominate, you incarcerate, you gotta take captive people. You capture people in battle, and then you infiltrate. You take hell by the square foot. So we dominate, we incarcerate, and we infiltrate. And guys, warriors, masculine men, are you in the battle? Are you in the game? Or are you going to spend the rest of your life living vicariously through pumped up football players and fighters and other athletes and actors. I mean, that's fine and dandy, but are you playing in the real game or have you mailed it in? Have you said, you know what, I'm just weak, I'm just a feminine, I can't do it. Lust is too strong. I'm just a deer in rut. I'm a dog in heat. I'm a salmon ready to spawn. I just can't help myself. How pathetic is that? And you can allow the enemy to continue to rob you and to keep you from being the best that God wants you to be because of money and honey. Give me a break. Because guess what? Your body is not your body. <laughs> you think it's yours? Oh, really? My body's not my body. I'll be talking about this more and more. My body's for God. It's God's. Your body is God's. And if you're married, oh my goodness, Holy, another level. Do this with me. Here's the salute. All the married men. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, your body and my body is God's, right? Number one. Number two, my body ain't my body. My body is Lisa's body. The Bible says the wife is in charge of the husband's body. The husband's in charge of the wife's body. Woo! So what are you doing looking at this and that and surfing this and that, <laughs> you're dragging God's body into the game of lust? You're, you're, you're dragging your wife's body? What? Now, now, some of you who are not believers, you're, you're just in total and complete ignorance. And you know what? Pornography is an industry of ignorance. Steve Hirsch, this porn star, others, they don't know what they're doing. They're just doing what we naturally do. We're natural born sinners. But it's my prayer, as people hear this information, as people see this information, as people watch this information, they'll go, wow, I'm not an animal. I'm not an object with parts. I'm made in the image of God. Whoa, maybe there's something more than just recreation and procreation and doing deals and dying. Maybe there's more to life than that. There is.
there is. Lust is always looking for leverage, isn't it? Everywhere we turn, it's looking for leverage. It'll, it'll find you. And guys, we're warriors. And, 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 and how many coaches have said this before? How many coaches have said, you know, games are won by defense. You know, I played a lot of sports, and that's partly true. That's a good coach's line. Defense is the key. Yeah, it's half the game, but man, you better put the ball through the hoop. You better score some touchdowns. You better put the puck in the net. How about offense, coach? We, 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 we got to have some offense. And, and too many Christian guys are always on the defense. Uh, uh, uh. How about some offense? How about some offensive energy? Satan's about offensive energy. First Peter 5, 8, he roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. John chapter 10, 10, Jesus gives us Satan's strategy against your life and my life. The thief comes only to do what? SKD, steal, kill, and destroy. And he says, I'm gonna steal from you and I'm gonna kill you and I'm gonna destroy your life and your marriage and your family and your money because here's what I'm gonna do. He, he's putting the cards on the table. He's like, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell you time and time again, what happens here stays here. Everything's cool. Everything's compartmentalized. Everything's in a neat little package. You just stay there, everything will be fine. What you do there will not affect who you are here. Man, it's working, isn't it? So my challenge to all of you, men, women, students, whoever, my challenge for you is to develop a sexual strategy. The devil has one. We need to have one. If I walked up to you and if I said, okay, what's your sexual strategy? Could you give me your sexual strategy? I have one. Lisa has one. A lot of other people have sexual strategies because if we're going to win and act like victors and not victims, if we're going to really have the, the confidence of winners and, and take hell by the square footage, if we're going to dominate and incarcerate and infiltrate this whole thing, we've got to have a sexual strategy. We've got to be defensive and offensive. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 tells us, it says, take every thought and make it captive and make it obedient to Christ. Again, I'm a warrior and I take captive every thought. You're going to have sexual thoughts. You're going to have leadings to go to Las Vegas. I do and you do. We either are going to be led to Las Vegas and listen to the lies, what happens here stays here, or we allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit of God to lead us into God's desire for the situation. But having a thought, whoa, man, I had, I had a sexual thought. That's not the sin. It's what you do with it. A friend invited Lisa and I to this resort that I will not mention. It was kind of a private thing. A lot of jet set people were, were here at this place and, and a lot of the beautiful people. So Lisa and I were just out with this person, you know, catching some rays. I had these, these sunglasses on, you know, 
the wraparound, dark sunglasses. You couldn't see my eyes. Guys. <laughs> and you know, people walking here and there. And so this, this, this lady who was with us, she is not a believer. And, and no one knew, of course, that Lisa and I were in the ministry in this place or whatever. So she was like, I want to introduce you guys to some people. Well, all of a sudden she calls down the beach and, and uh, this woman comes walking up to us. Guys, I'm telling you, she would embarrass any Victoria's Secret model. And she had on about what they wear. So here I am. It was a perfect condition. Right by Lisa. But I had the wraparound black sunglasses on. She couldn't see my eyes. What? did I do? And this girl is walking toward us. And this other lady is introducing us to her. And she's standing right in front of me in all of her glory. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I've seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle <laughs> than what this girl has on. And it was a perfect situation. My eyes. We're blacked out. You got that image? The guys are like, oh yeah, yeah, man, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'll tell you next week what I did. That's why, again, you gotta come back. I don't have time, I've already talked for 42 minutes and 38 seconds. What do you do in a situation like that? I mean, I wasn't looking for that. We just. Went to this resort, man. This lady was nice enough to invite us, to pay for us. Unbelievable. Yachts everywhere. We stayed there for several hours. And man, this girl, boom, I wanted you to meet mother. I just said it out loud. I mean, Lisa was there, but I'm thinking that. Wow. What do you do? That's next time. Develop a sexual strategy. Do you have a sexual strategy? Well, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go through it right now. We got to, because if I, if I don't, I'll even talk longer next time. Geographically, that's part of your sexual strategy. Geographically. Where are the places that you go, that you frequent, that would cause you to move into Las Vegas? Where? Maybe places you drive by, maybe Places you frequent. How about relationally? How do you spell relational relief? Who do you hang out with? Maybe who feeds the fires of your lust? Because some of you, I'm talking to students now, students, hey, you need to stop your relationship with this person now. Now. I'll say it again. Now. I've had to do this throughout my life. Now. Yeah, but I'll just gradually, I'll kind of do the lot thing now. Some married couples, man, you're hanging around with the wrong people. You're messing around with these people. These people are taking you to the wrong places. Cut the relationship off now. What if they don't like me? What if they call me a snob and a holy roller? Who cares? Your purity and your purpose before God is more important than that. And there's certain people that I'm just not going to hang out with. 
There are certain forces out there that Lisa and I are not going to subject ourselves to because you know what? The pull is too strong. That's why we need the church. How about emotionally? Ladies, emotionally. Ladies, you would rather read porn than see porn. I know some of you want to see porn, but again, I believe the guys have messed that up. We're the ones who've led you into that. But, but women want to experience that. And we want, we want to get, ladies, I'm, I'm going to act like a lady now. We want to get emotionally, you know, connected. Oh, he understands me. And he can really give me security. And he's got the money. So I'll give him the honey so I can get the money. You know what I'm saying to you? Oh, we, we, ladies, 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 ladies. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't commit pornography by the way you dress. That's all another subject. I'll, I'll talk about that later. I'm going to challenge every lady here to wear a burlap sack for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Technologically. And you watch. I'll get several emails. What did you mean by burlap sack? I hope you know what I'm kidding. I think most people do. How about technologically? Uh, okay, you know what? If you don't have a filter on your computer, don't use your computer until you get a filter. Because lust dealt with effectively is lust dealt with radically. We've had filters on our computers for a long, long time. Awesome accountability because if we go on the wrong website, it's reported to others. And we need accountability. Accountability emerges from affinity. Again, if you want the best for your life, I'm telling you, we need to get serious about these things because the temptations are there. See, think, think, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Man, I have so much stuff. I, 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 have to, I have to get this out. And I don't have too much time for this, but think about Adam and Eve again. Okay, Adam is created. All of a sudden, God gives him Eve. And he presents Eve to him in all of her glory. We don't know what Eve looked like. Eve, though, guys, was Adam's standard of beauty. Look at your spouse, guys. That's your standard of beauty. Ladies, look at your husband. That's your standard of beauty. Okay, let me tell you how bad porn is. Just one aspect of porn. Porn is lust, lust is porn. I don't care, okay, I don't care if you're married, guys, to the lady I saw at the upscale resort who would embarrass any good night, I'm trying to think, Victoria's Secret model, make Angelina Jolie go, oh my goodness, you know, this girl was that beautiful, okay? What if you were married to her? Just for a second, ladies, don't, don't worry. Just, just picture yourself married to her. Now, here's a computer. I'm married to this lady, but guess what? I can go online and see Women that would rival Solomon's harem. I can see black and white and Asian and Hispanic and voluptuous and waif-like and muscular and overweight and skinny doing all of these things. I can see different sizes of breasts and butts and all that stuff. You know what? That girl can't compete with that. She can't be all of that. No way. I don't care what you look like, nor can we, guys. That's just one aspect of porn 
That will totally destroy your relationships and your family. Have a filter on your computer. Also, too, don't have any of the movie channels. <laughs> Whenever I go over to someone's house and see they have movie channels, I know that guy's lusting. But people say, well, I like the other movies. <laughs> are you, are you, uh, come on now. I know you're joking. Yeah, you might like the other movies, but I know what comes on at night at Hell's Box, I mean, Home's Box Office, Home Box Office. Yeah, I know what comes on at night at the Skin of Cinemax. Take them out. The temptation is too great. Again, if, if, if you want the best, guys, do you, do you want to fight? I mean, do, do you want a battle? You, you, you're going to tell me you're going to live vicariously through Tony Romo and Terrell Owens and Chuck Liddell and, 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 and you know, this new James Bond cat? That's, that's the deal. That's the fight. Wow. I mean, that's great to, to see that and to live through that and get to inspire, get inspired by the big, you know, athletes and, and actors. But there's more. There is more. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.